0: This morning, Jen woke up, made 3 breakfasts, did 2 loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at huntington.com/moneyscout. Huntington. Welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility terms and conditions and other account agreements. Member FDIC.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to an episode of Heartbreak Hotel. My name is Sid, and I'm the resident manager here. Just a quick intro for those listening. Heartbreak Hotel is a place where guests come to stay in order to discuss their profound secrets, things that might be bothering them for some time, or if they simply need to talk about anything that will help them make their minds a little lighter. Whatever you hear, I truly hope it resonates with you and helps you deal with your own demons. Heartbreak Hotel strives to maintain an atmosphere of pure non-judgment for its uh, guests. They're made to feel as comfortable as possible and truly thanks them for sharing their stories. Any decision-making or thoughts in their stories are never judged. They're only meant to be shared with the world for a higher perspective. And most importantly, to be able to learn from these stories. Every guest that stops by is fully anonymous, but today is a special case. We have an awesome guest that has volunteered to not only share their story, but also their identity, and it's all going to make sense as the story unravels. Uh, So as you'll come to find out, today's story is not just about the grueling pain of heartbreak, but also about that heartbreak shedding light and giving birth to something beautiful that may have never been expected in the first place. So without further ado, would you like to state your name?
2: Yes, sir. My name is Arin Goswami.
1: Aryn, thank you, thank you for joining us. I uh, really, really appreciate you coming to stay at the Heartbreak Hotel. And you know, I'm sure you have a lot of things on your mind. So, have you had this prominent heartbreak in your life that has you know that brought about you coming in here? Like, you know, what's
2: uh, yeah? I mean, uh, I think yeah. uh, I think that um,
1: you've probably learned goes a lot goes from without it. saying. Yeah. It's yeah. Fair,
2: <laughs> fair. Yeah. Um, there has been a prominent heartbreak in my life. Um, um it's so prominent that I, I, I mean. It's happened eons ago, but, like, it's still kind of, like, it's part of my day-to-day. Okay. Um, a significant chunk of my life has occurred after it. I am significantly removed from it, even. Right. Uh, and insulated. Right. <laughs> but uh, um, it still obviously plays a lot in my mind. Right. Um, now, what do I think about, you know, people going through heartbreak? Like, I think, like, each of your stories is unique. I think. Absolutely. Um, each of those stories, like, really has a different learning that you, 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 you go through. And every time you have it, even like it's different. Um, and I think that's the, the beauty of it. And that's the, that's the beauty of like learning that other people have gone through this and talking to them and relating with them. Right. Because at the end of it, you realize like, even if you've gone through several yourself, you'll realize each of those was different and you learned a different thing. Um, I'm still looking for necessarily the lesson in mind. I, yeah, I think that's, that's probably something that will slowly come to me. So, okay. Okay. So, how about this? So, so can you paint a story?
1: Like, how did it begin? Sure. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, like let's just get into it.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so, essentially, I uh, this was I was in university, um, and I'd had you know romances before, as you do when you're a kid. but okay. Nothing serious or anything of that ilk. Um, I uh, met her through a cultural event that I was at. Um, I'm Indian. So awesome. <laughs> there okay. was there was that, that <laughs> aspect of it. She was at an Indian cultural event with me. Um and that's where we met. Uh we talked, you know, off and on, like, you know, you slide into the DMs, the, I'm Absolutely. kidding. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, part, yeah, that's of, part of life, I guess. But, <laughs> 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 um no, so we started chatting a little bit and uh you know you could tell there was a bit of a rapport I was still a student and so was she. I um I was on did a quad Did term. she
1: go to the same school as you or
2: like how? Uh, no. Uh, so I was in university. She was still in high school. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, and eventually. So the age difference would be? It, it was four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, which at the time. I just want to state in
1: this era of Me Too movement, was she legal? Hundo, she was legal. Perfect. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs>
2: it's legal. That's all that matters. Do you think your boy would do <laughs> yeah, something? No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so it was very legal, right. <laughs> but you had to ask. So, uh, how long did the relationship last? I almost never get into that because it's uh, anytime somebody does ask me that question, yeah. I always say too long.
1: Okay, interesting. Um, because in your head, like you,
2: I say I say too long because it's a, it's an interesting notion because um, it's hard to say too little. Hmm.
1: No, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess you don't want to put it into.
2: No, it's because I I genuinely... You don't want to
1: concentrate on the math around like, you know, there's a stigma between, oh, it was just eight months or, oh, okay, it was third, you know, three years, four years. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to just put that into a box of that.
2: Well, there's that. And also the fact is that uh, I keep saying too long because I think it's harder for me to face people and tell them that uh, factually for me, if it was up to me, I'd still be... In the relationship her. with her, no, that's fair. So, that's totally uh, fair. too little. <laughs> okay. okay, but awesome. really, when I when I see you on the street, I'd say too long.
1: Right. So then, when did uh, I mean? When did all the smooth sailing kind of face those rough seas? Like, what happened that you know that what was the first obstacle yeah. that you faced? with Um.
2: Her? Honestly, it was. Uh, I I don't think I noticed anything being off. Um. Obviously, every couple goes through. It's you know, it's ups and downs. Like there were times when. Um, there was miscommunication and I was upset okay. because maybe uh, something happened or she was upset because something happened or maybe I didn't text back at the right time. Or like everyday like issues. Like everyday type, issues okay, once okay, yeah, in a while can fair, come fair. up. And yeah, yeah. I just thought that was, you know, part of, you know, when you play baseball, you expect a couple of balls to hit you. Fair. Uh, and that's kind of what I, I I I thought of it as. Um, and anything that ever came up, I always passed it off as, you know, this is just part of life now. Right. My first job after school, I used to travel a lot. Okay. Um, I still do. Right. And I always kind of felt that maybe the fact that I was gone at least a week every month Yeah. um, Played on the fact that we were, you know, at the part of our lives where... You know, I don't know if you know this, but there's like this whole concept of passionate versus compassionate love.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: so essentially, um, the first 12 to 18 months of a relationship, they say that you're in passionate love. Yeah. Where like you're discovering each other's bodies, you're like insanely into that other person. It's more like infatuation. Oh, 12 to 18, you're saying? Yeah, 12 Uh, to 18.
1: uh, I guess uh, to bring it out like honeymoon phase. (laughs) Right? Uh, sure, you or can call it that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a good uh, way to some call people it. Are like oh, like uh, six months to a year. Let's yeah. say, and once that, uh, once that's done, that infatuation and there's just fascination with each other's company and yeah. the time you spend together turns into more like you know realism. Yeah, right? where um, you do the laundry factors, together, exactly, or you go do groceries together. Factors or, into that relationship, yeah. and you then you really really start growing up. Yeah. In the relationship, right? And that's
2: it. So that's compassionate love. Okay. And that's where I first read about it is actually uh, uh, another uh, POC comedian. Okay. um, uh, Aziz Ansari.
1: Oh yeah, Aziz's. Oh, his
2: book. Yeah, his book, yeah, his Modern book Romance. Pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Have you read it?
1: Uh, I haven't, but I've I've heard about it. It's yeah, it's just a I mean, great read.
2: I think um if you guys haven't read Aziz's book, like definitely go out and buy it it's at probably your local chapters or Barnes and Noble. Or <laughs> he definitely needs this plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz Aziz needs me. Yeah. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> but uh read Aziz's book cuz honestly it goes over that that passion versus compassion love. Like, okay. And puts in a couple of jokes about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so then, uh, everyday issues, issues seep into the relationship. Uh, like, describe uh, a couple of those. Yeah, a couple of those. Like, sure. Like dive like, can... deep. Uh, basically, those that started because uh, okay, so far what I've gathered is long distance. Uh, there was away, there was a factor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyday issues. You know that yeah. happens, right? You know, miscommunication here and there, arguments starting seeping seeping in. Yeah. Uh, these type of things. So when did these little speed bumps? actually become a roadblock in the road.
2: Right. There were times when, um, I felt like there were part of the relationships where, the parts of the relationship where, um, I was trying harder than her sometimes. Okay. Okay. And so the I see that effort uh, yeah, level that, between that,
1: both. That, parts. So, you know, we would say usually it's a 50, 50 street sometimes. Yeah. 90, 10, 80, 20. It all depends on the situation. Some days right? are going to so so be 80, saying, 20. Some days are going to be like
2: you being 20 and her being 80. Like, absolutely. And usually that's the point of it, right? right? Like, the first time I saw there was you know miscommunication beyond anything I could do was one day after work um, I came over to her apartment tried to um, knock and get in, and she just wasn't having it. She for whatever reason, and I don't remember the details now. I mean, no, that's fair. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> uh, fair. But uh, essentially, <clears throat> it was of the ilk that I tried to. Um, like keep knocking and try to get in. Ask her because I knew she was inside, like I could tell, yeah, because she was walking around. But I mean, like,
1: uh, this is random, like, there was no argument leading up to this, like, you just I don't get... think so, yeah, I okay, don't remember not, that okay. there was, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, um, yeah. and just randomly come to visit her, okay.
2: Well, like, after work, I used to come over and we used right, to right. moss, or okay. moss is something us <laughs> uncle <G's laughs> just hang, <say>. out, <laughs> yeah. Just hang out, yeah, it's uh, yeah. chill, I think, or whatever <laughs> you guys say, <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> before Netflix, we used to just chill, <laughs> 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 or moss, uh. But yeah, so uh, I came over to just hang out with her and uh, um, she didn't open the door and I essentially left. And Mm. obviously that left a bad taste. Like my reaction was like, okay, this is one of those days where she's going to put in 20 and I'm going to put in 80 and I just have to get through it. Okay. Um, But slowly that I think festered over time that and slowly she started to like stop talking to me. Okay. like she started to pull herself out
1: right uh, i guess uh, f- with the listeners as well all, all i'm trying to understand is um these uh, the speed ones that you described before right mm-hmm. this is just randomly she just started to pull away
2: yeah the relationship. yeah okay okay and i mean she probably has rationale for it yeah um i have never gotten all of it necessarily oh really yeah okay but um do you I, know if
1: she was going through something?
2: She said it was that we were too close. So we're Indian. Okay. And our parents knew.
1: So you said you're okay, you're too close. So uh That was okay. her statement. So pa- pa- paint this picture for me like did you uh was infatuation too too much during the beginning? Uh like uh, you know how I, I know couples get in and you know somebody says I love you and yeah. like how like was that soon or was that later? Did so you, yeah,
2: you know? I mean I guess you could paint that picture that like that we perhaps did say I love you really early in the game. Like okay. it took me. But did you mean it? I did. Okay, like I, I mean, right. and to this day, yeah. I mean, you mean it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know I meant it, and um, a part of me, I guess, still means it. Like it okay. was that um, that I love you was very real. Like um, I think there's like a Drake lyric which says like, uh, if I ever loved you, I'll always love you. Yeah, that's how I was absolutely. raised, right? Um, not to be entirely Toronto. That's that's totally okay, man. Um, It
1: it affects all of our bringing. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, so that's that's something I told her um, early in the game, and it took her less than twenty seconds to respond to tell me the same thing. Right. And uh, and and I think that uh, that was that was an interesting give and take because I you know never said I love you to another person before that. Okay.
1: So this was that that relationship. This was that relationship for me. Okay.
2: And it has been I've never said any that to anybody else since. Right. And um So yeah, so not for lack s- of trying. Like so there's been other people that That's what have come I am trying to understand.
1: So then okay, so you guys uh um, get into this relationship, things yeah. start uh unraveling very quickly,
2: yeah.
1: Uh start progressing very quickly, you're very infatuated at which at I wouldn't friendship.
2: say it was necessarily quick. So I knew okay. her for about six or seven months before before
1: the relationship started. Okay, yeah, so like a, we used to talk. There's a friendship that's established. There. Yeah, there was just yeah.
2: like I, I that's kinda of like who I am too. Okay. Like I feel like um, I, so I don't know if you know about the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Go ahead. So the Myers-Briggs type indicator is like essentially, um, a group of like 16 different types, yeah. um, designated by letters that you can break yourself into. Um, it's broken up by extrovert, introvert, right. intuitive sensing. Oh, the ENFP. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I,
1: took a, I took a test once. Uh, uh, I got an ENFP. That's what I am My too. friend was an ENFP as well. Yeah. And for some reason he just
2: couldn't take it. Yeah. He's like, no, there's no way Yeah, you yeah. could
1: be an ENFP. And some, I'm an ENFP. Some, some, pe- so like, okay, some, well.
2: people, some people have that uh, fantastic view of themselves <laughs> when it might not necessarily be merited. Uh, I'm kidding. But yeah, so I'm an ENFP, and most ENFPs um the way they operate is that they <laughs> um they are essentially like not about like flings. They generally yeah. like take their time to get to know someone before right. they jump into anything. Right. And, um, the ideal type for an ENFP is an INTJ. Okay. And they're Which kind is? of the same thing. INTJs are introverts yeah. that are, um, they share a lot of like the same, um, questions in life as ENFPs do, necess- but right. like not necessarily in the same order. Right. And that's why they find ENFPs so entertaining because and they're sh- like a huge, she was, she was an, an INTJ. INTJ okay. yeah. Makes sense. Um, and that's why it made sense that we would spend like seven months just like, Talking, (laughs) yeah. Before like deciding that this is gonna be a thing, right? Um, and then you know, I guess when you say that, like you know, you said, but when I say that that we said I love you early in the game, I guess it was seven months and and two weeks into it. So yeah, so in that like time that we were together, like I mean, I became very very close friends with her friends. Like her her best friends were some of my best friends at the time too. Right. Um, and that comes with heartbreak too. Like once we broke up, like. I just couldn't face myself and, or face them rather. Um, and that was tough too. Like these were people that, that, you know, were over 50% of my life that I just cut off. Because yeah, uh, her, her
1: life integrated into your life. Our lives were integrated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, As as it, as it is. it is, it is, It happens, right?
2: Yeah. To, to give you like how ride or die, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, we were both South Asian and like in the South Asian community and for those that are listening and don't know much about that, um, um, people don't necessarily date, <laughs> um, we're the, one of the last bastions of, uh, arranged marriages being like right. a very, very normal thing that happens in our culture. Right. Um, so for two kids to date openly like this, tell their mom and dad about it. Parents
1: knew both sides.
2: Parents. Uh, well, first mine <laughs> and then hers. Um, uh, they did. Yeah. And yep. then, uh, like it came to the point where like, you know, um, for big events, like, Navratri, yeah, uh, which is a, a festival yeah. uh, in in our tradition. Uh, my parents would buy her stuff, and her parents would do the same for me. Right, and that's the sort of thing that you do. Both sides uh, for, were in approval. Both parents were in approval. They they well. loved it. My my awesome. my mom and dad were just over the moon that they would moved to this country like millions of kilometers away. Yeah, and uh, and they were and they were able to see their son, um, you know, fall in love with a girl that Makes was sense. yeah and, right. The same thing with, with with with, her parents too. Like her dad loved me. Her mom, uh, I think, still loves me. Uh, right. <laughs> what I miss most about all of this is her mom's cooking. Yeah. Uh, but no <laughs> that's uh, that's a side piece. That's a side note, rather. Yeah. <laughs> but it was serious. Like there, you know. I knew going in from the very it was set up for marriage. Yeah, it was like it was set up for
1: marriage. How about you guys? Were you? Bo- were you I, guys, was, uh, I
2: was. I was one hundred percent in the game right. to get married. Did you to her. guys
1: discuss marriage? We had discussed several okay. times, and she and was on board. Like, she, was she was on board. Okay, okay.
2: She, uh, like, we we had several conversations, right, about how, like, you know, it would be a few years of you know us not being married, obviously. Yeah, I'd finish school. She'd finish school. Right. I'd start my career. She'd probably start a career or do grad school or other things. Right. Um. And then, like, it was going to be, this was the eventuality. Like, we would send each other pictures of, like, you know, like, apartments in New York where it was, like, okay. where I would get pictures that said, I want this apartment with that view. Right. And I want to share that view with you forever. Right. That, these were the text messages that yeah. I grew accustomed to. And mine weren't any less cheesy. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's part of life. Right. I mean... I don't think the expectations from the get go changed for me. Okay. My expectations um, weren't built on the first date, but um, when they were built, they were built in stone. Right. And I guess that's why it's the hardest for me to reckon with it is that no matter how much time passes, like, I'll still, you know, never forget her voice, like, telling me that, yeah, like, you know, this is going to be us for a little bit. And then after this, you know i'm going to marry you i'll be your wife
1: so it sounds like you've uh uh because you you met mutually through a, a cultural event there wasn't there was no level of like arrangement that was here right? no our so parents it sounds own, like you've uh it sounds like you found your like soulmate or something right yeah our yeah. parents
2: didn't know each other like um i, I don't think no i, I don't i know do you, da- do you believe in soulmates by the way like do you, i like, absolutely what's your, okay yeah, okay yeah so uh, that's i guess another piece of it is that for whatever reason maybe too many bollywood movies uh, I do believe that, um, in life there is one partner for you that works, and I know Just one perfect person, one perfect okay. partner, and I know it's stupid, and I'm a math major myself, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I should know better. Um, no, no, none
1: of these things are ever stupid, you know. Like our beliefs are, our beliefs are our beliefs, you know.
2: I, I get that, yeah. um, but there, I mean, I, I, don't think that there's no stupidity to, to certain beliefs. Like there, Fair. there absolutely is. Fair, um, and. The fact is that I do believe that. I, I mean, I, I will go to my grave probably believing that unless proven wrong, and I probably will be proven wrong. But um, the thing with beliefs like this that are unsubstantiated or can't be uh, can't be proved is that you believe them for the long term, right. right? And that's just the way life goes sometimes. I know it's stupid. I know that, like, probability-wise, like, if I paired up with, you know, a good chunk of women out there uh, because I'm interested in women, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stating
1: that for yeah. the record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't think that it would be uh, the worst thing in the world because I do also kind of like know my brain rather says, my mind rather says that, you know, like any two human beings can make it work. Right. But part of me still, you know, my heart okay. rather says that there is one person.
1: Because because that's the thing. So since you truly believe in this idea of like one soulmate, that one perfect person that exists for all of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's particular beliefs out there that provide some flexibility to the definition of a soulmate. So by stating that instead of thinking of an end-all, be-all soulmate, uh, relationships, relationships in the modern day uh, tend to be just like trial and error. Mm-hmm. Uh, trial and error of varying levels of compatibility, right? Mm-hmm. So the average person has multiple relationships yeah. in their lifetime before getting married yeah. or even multiple marriages, so to say. Yeah. Uh, and you basically win the game with a person that may not have an entirely similar personality to you. But you both agree on the key fundamentals on the philosophy of life or career. And, you know, certain life sacrifices have to be have to be made to yeah. make this work, right? Yeah, yeah. So people fall in and out of love. So this, uh, what I described to you, like, this deters people from thinking that, you know what, maybe there might just be, might not be just that one perfect person or one soulmate. It's just varying levels of compatibility yeah. that we have with different people, right? Yeah. And different stories that we make with, in these relationships.
2: I mean, there's, we define our own truth, right? We define our own truth in the sense that um, we know what works for us, okay, and not necessarily what works for somebody else, right? Um, it's why these like movements that are happening to the, in this day and age, like um, you know, for 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 equal rights for everybody, are so important because um, because of our privilege or because of our station in life, often we don't understand the. The, the plight or the state of other human beings. Right. Um, Australia, for example, recently just made um, gay marriage and lesbian marriage. Or oh, just. Okay. Just just like last year. Not even last year, like within the last four months. <laughs> um, and you think they're late to the game. And these kind of things like aren't seen as self-evident tr- truths across the world. Okay. <clears throat> and that's kind of like what... I kind of choose to see this like through the lens of, which is that my truth is my truth and somebody else's truth is their truth and what works for them might not necessarily work for me. I know that my idea of soulmates is not necessarily conducive to most. Right. Um, I And that's... And in saying that, I hope that people don't But that's judge. you living your truth. That's right. Yeah. And I hope that people don't judge me for it. In the same way that... Heartbreak
1: I, Hotel is a no-judge zone. No, no, not just Heartbreak Hotel, but <laughs> right. listeners people, of Heartbreak yeah. Hotel, right? Absolutely.
2: And their friends and their family and their, you know, acquaintances, totally. right? Um, in that same way, though, I would never stand to question somebody else's truth necessarily when they say that, hey, I know, I, I just know probabilistic, probabilistically, like... Um, there's probably three thousand soulmates in my life, right? And I can date three hundred people. Have it. you ha-
1: have you had multiple relationships? Yeah. So then, leading up to this one being your most significant, right?
2: Not uh, nothing significant before it. Nothing was significant. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah. Okay. Nothing like particularly significant right. before it.
1: So does uh, that make sense when it comes to uh, varying levels of compatibility? That yeah.
2: this one seemed to have clicked the most based uh, on all your fundamental. I think, if anything, this beliefs. one kind of showed me. Um, that like, this, this one is the closest one that came to challenging my belief that there is one soulmate. Okay. Challenging them. Yeah, because, um, a soulmate in my view will be better than this, or I'm never going to discount anything, right? Like, um, maybe she was my soulmate and like, I just for whatever reason, or she just, for whatever reason, goofed it up. Or maybe, you know, like, it's one of those tragic cases or instances where uh, she was my soulmate, but I wasn't hers.
1: Okay. But is that possible, though?
2: I'm sure it is. I, I, I Because I,
1: there's no happy ending to that. It's does, a one-way does, street, right? Does
2: life ever necessarily need a happy ending? It, it, it might example, not, but the concept example. of soulmates is two people, right? I get it, but let's say... Let's say that was the case, right? Like that she was my soulmate, but I wasn't hers. Yeah. Uh, let's explore the situation where two people like that exist, where he is he feels she's her soulmate, and she doesn't. Okay. But they enter a relationship. It's very close to being that. He passes on. Does that mean she doesn't go out?
1: That's a great example.
2: Right. That's just like an edge that, case, right? I, I don't know that yeah. that's like. No, that's the a truth, great example.
1: Um, but... But, yeah, see, like, that's where... That's where uh, I rationalize
2: It's like, I'm sure right. that exists. I'm yeah. sure that case exists. But,
1: I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the popular belief of, like, varying compatibility is like, okay, well, it sucks I, that this happened, I mean, the, right? the, the, the rationalist find, inside
2: yeah. me says that right. well, you're being a dumbass. There's no such thing as a soulmate. Right. And the rationalist inside me is, like, the voice of a thousand right. friends. <laughs> where <laughs> they're all like, you're being a dumbass. There's no such thing as a soulmate. Right. Um And... We all date like three hundred people. In because our those lives. people and might those never people remarry, like the, right? Sorry, uh,
1: if the if the husband or wife they pass on, yeah. and they become a widower or a widow. Yeah, uh, depending on how what they think of uh, that other person, whether that truly was a soulmate, they might never remarry, or they might remarry, right? Based on their and beliefs, some do and right? some don't, and values, like yeah. there's
2: power to those that do and power to those that don't. That is right. their decision in life, right? Um, so I, th- I think this like concept of soulmate doesn't necessarily. It's not a. It's not. It's not like the commutative law of mathematics. Of absolutely, the, it's, 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 it's like absolutely. There's 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 certain things that could happen, and sometimes they they don't necessarily play out like you want them to. Right. So anyway, so that that's how I viewed it. Um. In the moment, if you'd ask me, I would say that she was my soulmate. Okay. Um. There was one time we <laughs> there was a little bit of a tiff where it was one of her Christmas presents that I had signed saying, "You're probably the love of my life," and. Her issue was with the the fact that I'd used the word "probably" in those words. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so in the moment, I don't think anybody ever questions that because um, everything's so perfect
1: in that yeah, moment, right? right. Like, this is this is exactly what life is supposed to be like. This is what life's about. Yeah, yeah love is beautiful. This is great. Love is beautiful, but right?
2: like when love ends, it it I don't think there's hurt more than that that I've ever felt in my own life,
1: and I don't know. That's uh, the most painful. I guess and
2: I, I I don't know if maybe I will feel hurt worse than this and it could be a, you know a cause of whatever else in society or uh maybe it'll be another heartbreak or anything right. else but right. this is the farthest that I've gone in terms of that kind of shaking my right. you know substance of being like I uh, I had to see counseling for this I don't really? think like, okay. yeah, yeah so can you can you speak on that like uh sure. uh the counseling was like when I was working at, uh I had a great support network with my friends but I needed professional help there was there were times when I thought things that weren't what people that are um, mentally stable think. And um, thanks to my friends and family and the right professionals at the right time, I feel like I'm in a place now where, you know, I can talk about it confidently knowing that like I was able to beat that and move on. Like it's like when you say you got diagnosed with like pneumonia or something bad, you know, right? you are down for a bit, but you take the right medication, you rest, you do what they tell can, you to. Can you, can you speak on these uh, can you coping mechanisms? Yeah. Coping. Yeah. So I had depression. I, I um, there were times I, and I, and I reckoned it out with my therapist about how, there were times when I drive and sometimes think about, you know, what happens if I go into the lane that with oncoming traffic. That kind of thought, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like I planned thinking that. When I started to think these thoughts, I, one of the first things I did was tell my dad about it, which was a smart thing to do <laughs> because my dad immediately. Um, told me to go and talk to our family physician who right. linked me up with the right people necessary. And thank you Canada for having a free healthcare system.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Praise be. Uh,
2: <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I got the help I needed and, um, it took some time, but, you know, I'm in a place now where that seems like such a foreign and different part of me. Um, you know, I, I know that I've, I've struggled with that now, but I've gotten off it. And I haven't shared it with anybody because it's not their business. This is the probably first or second time that I'm talking about this in my life to anybody else, outside of my family and immediate. No, I, yeah. I
1: appreciate <laughs> the strength that it takes to yeah. you know share these type of things.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the stigma with it needs to be removed as well, right? Like, if a person goes through these kind of things in their life, like they should be able to, once they get through them come out on the other side stronger and be able to like help other people going through this kind right, of thing. Right. And I mean, if there's anybody that, you know, if there's even one person that listens to this and is going through anything similar, then I mean, my encouragement is like, talk to your mom or dad. Like that's what I did. Talk to a family friend or or, or just a family or friend rather, and talk to, you know, anybody that cares about you and they will get you the help you need. They will walk you through this. And my dad did. Um, obviously my family followed after I told my dad. Um, and I mean, I, I think I'm good as new. Awesome. Man. Uh, so that was good. Um, yeah.
1: So then there's, um. poet. Yeah. Craft.poet. Uh yeah. Uh, no, that, first of all, I don't, I don't want to take away from what you said about because me- mental health awareness cannot be. It understated. Yeah. It, not just understood. It just cannot be understated in any, um, light because today a lot of people, you know, don't bring it to the surface as easily as uh, you, as they should, because mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, it, they, this is something to be talked about. Um, you know, suicide, depression; mm-hmm. and this, these are powerful, powerful uh, things, states of minds, uh, emotions that people feel. Right? Sure. Yeah. That uh, need to be discussed. And sometimes, if you have nobody, you know, everybody deserves a life to live.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Of course.
1: Uh, and it's and it's really sad that some people choose to uh, end it all. Um, yeah but know, they're compelled
2: I, by the, the their disorder their their circumstances yeah.
1: or yeah right and uh, i mean yeah no it, it just, what i'm trying to say is that it's very important that there is uh help mm-hmm. for these people right so tell me this so uh, uh how how did this heartbreak become this most uh, such a central me, f- me, focus th- of your life a central point
2: in your life sure for me uh the day it happened i uh, <laughs> i was at work i finished work i texted her saying like yo um let's go uh, I want to take you out tonight. Let's go do something fun. Right. Um, it was exactly a year that I started a, that my first job out of school. Okay. So in my head, I thought, okay, well, like this is my one year anniversary for my first job after school. I'm going to make it a special night for myself. Why don't I take my girlfriend out, go out and do something fun. Right. And, well, it feels weird to say girlfriend. I haven't said that word. It's <laughs> time. Um, but I, I'm going to take her out we we'll go have a good time. So I texted her, and I said, I'll come pick you up at so-and-so time. She said, okay, my mom's visiting to give, give her food and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, supplies. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, they see moms do. They see as Indian. <laughs> Indian moms do. Like they right. they're, Indian moms are the best because they show up, and they just, like, make you feel th- that much better about your life. <laughs> so I was looking forward to, to it, too, because, like, my mom, I didn't live with them at the time, and I I really, really wanted to, you know, get that comfort of home. and I loved her mom. Like, so I show up at her house, and her mom obviously – super nice to me again and then we um we hang out but for whatever reason her roommates and her they're all acting a little aloof okay um and i just chalk it up to like whatever like maybe it's in my head whatever it is i uh so her mom was there i helped her mom grab whatever she needed to to leave because she was going to go back to um to to their to their house um i helped her mom you know get out of the house, carried stuff out as you would. Um, and then I helped her mom, like, reverse her car, leave. And this whole time I'm thinking, like, why isn't she out here, like, doing the same thing with me? She stayed inside her room. So I got back in. I was like, okay, like, let's go. And because, you know, we're, we're going to go for our thing. And she was like, no, come to my room. Let's chat. I was like, okay, weird. So I, I go to her room and then she sits on the bed. She starts talking. She's not really talking. She's... When I say she starts talking, she doesn't talk very much, um, but she she starts to like cry. Just be quiet. I can see she's like kind of holding tears back, and I'm like, "What's up? What's going on?" Um, I start like freaking out now inside. Uh, I I'm expecting the worst, I guess. I know yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. expecting the worst, right? Uh, and. Because, like, she told me that we're going to talk when we get into my room. I was like, okay, that's not normal. Like, there's nothing that you can't tell me now right. outside here that you can't, you know. Um. Anyway, so we go inside. We start talking. Um. She starts telling me that she's never broken up with anyone before, so she doesn't know how to. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I get where this is going. I don't react well, Then that's on me. <laughs> um. But... In my defense, like I, I just. Were you? I, mean, I wasn't expecting were it. Were you angry? Were you? I was like, angry. How did you just lash out on her, Yell or like? I you know, just... I did yell. Okay. I, uh, I, uh, I did yell. I threw some of her clothes out of her cupboard too, and that's on me. And I've apologized for that since. Um, I don't know that she's forgiven me, but I have apologized. I mean, these it's are her prerogative yeah, to forgive yeah, yeah. me. Um, but. It was just really unexpected. It came out of the blue. I was intending to have myself, you know, a uh, happy one year at your new job kind of nights. Right, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and anyway, the ordeal took a while. I came out of the their, their house feeling, like, completely shattered. Uh, I called my mom and dad, <laughs> uh, and they said, just tell your work that, like, yeah. Uh, Something happened and try to work from home for the rest of the week. This was on a Monday. Oh, this was on a Monday. Okay. And I did. Um, I didn't explain to, me, to my boss exactly what had happened, but I did. I took the the time. Took that time off. Um, yeah. I worked from home, I think, the first one day or something. I saw that I was doing shit. Like, yeah. I wasn't particularly good. Couldn't, couldn't focus, couldn't concentrate. Dude, right? I cried yeah. that whole day. Like, sure. um, But um, I... I obviously drove home, and I was in no shape to be driving on the four. Did you? Did
1: you try to? Did you try to reason with her? Like, what's going on? What was the? What was the reason that she gave you? Like that? that could oh, you could yeah. you Break yeah. down that ordeal yeah. a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, that ordeal, sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, overall, it all amounted to she felt like there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. From the family sides. Both sides. Because both, fa- yeah. Well, she never like pointed out which family. Right. But fact is, both parents knew, and in the Indian culture, like when parents know it's kind of seen as a serious thing. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, it was a serious thing, so I I didn't see the issue there. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't new for me that we were going to aim to be together for the rest of our lives. So um, that definitely was like, okay, what's the issue? But she said there was a familial pressure that uh, she thought that I was too controlling, uh, too manipulative, and... All of which like I've had enough time to reckon with okay, okay. and ruminate on to decide to reflect like, that yeah like, you know like,
1: uh, if these are negative characters if, to no, myself. No, if, like this, if it, these are actually things yeah oh, all yeah, right these yeah. are actually things in the first place if these are actually okay.
2: things with that that are wrong with me in the first place like right. am I truly manipulative am I controlling uh, and the family thing like I could never have been blamed for my mom and dad or whatever perception my yeah. mom and dad or her mom and dad put forth. Yeah, um, that's not on me. So I'm I was never gonna be able to make peace with that piece. Right. Um, but the other two, I thought about at length, <laughs> and um, I've discussed to the end of time and back with my friends on this and my family, etc. And uh, I genuinely like. It's not. It's not a question of me being manipulative or controlling. I don't think that. Uh, anyone that knows me well will necessarily say I'm either of those two things. Yeah. Um, but I think there was a lot of projection there that what she accused me of, she probably in, like intrinsically or subconsciously knew that she was guilty of it herself. And okay. It just made it easier to yell it out <laughs> at not necessarily anyone in particular and say that she had said those words out loud and that that was why this needed to end. I went to California for work the very next week um, after having been away from my job for a few days now. I went to California for work, and I couldn't think of anything. And nothing else. But, yeah. 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 Um, My entire life was, like, completely shattered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, the one piece of life that had given me the confidence, the... um, the strength, the, the will to do something better with my life, a lot of these things, I mean, you might think of it and say, like, that's codependence, dude, or, like, that's too much dependence on some other human being to try and make you happy, and it possibly is, but fact is when you're in a relationship for a long period of time, like, you just associate your happiness with somebody else's happiness, and you associate your confidence to their happiness, too, when you associate your all these other things that I mentioned to them being happy to be with you. Right. Um, so I went to California and, uh, I, again, that, that client of ours wasn't very happy with me. Obviously I came back my and my head was not in the right place. I started interviewing for other jobs because I needed like a massive change in my life. I I needed everything to be overhauled because I, I reckoned with myself that I needed to be in a different place entirely. Um, luckily for me, I, uh, started working at, uh, uh, then, um, which reduced travel for me, but what it did was also leave me in Kitchener, Waterloo, where I used to live with her, so I I started living in Kitchener, Waterloo, um, I didn't delete her on Facebook or Instagram or any of these other social media things, it it was, it became a weird line for me to balance where, um, I didn't necessarily know how to start talking to her friends again, uh, I just didn't at that point. Some messaged me to be like, hey, how are, how are you holding up? But that would just send me into a spat of tears again, so I stopped responding. Um, and that's not, that's more an indictment on me than it is on them. Like, I just, at the time, I wasn't in a place where yeah, I could didn't want to deal comfortably with it. Yeah, yeah. deal with that. Um, you know, I started my new job at in January. Um, and that was great. I made tons of new friends. Um, my social circle changed very rapidly. Right. And for the better. I met fantastic individuals who, well, I actually remember playing ping pong. <laughs> yeah. And one of my buddies telling a, a guy that didn't know me as well, his name was Zach Lacocious, like the new guy. And my buddy, uh, I forget who it was that was telling him. I think it was Mubina. Um, Mubina Chonar, one of my other friends she was telling him about how, um, that, uh, you know, I just come through like a, a, like heartbreak. And, um, and I remember Zach telling her like, you know, there's just one way through that, man. He's like hitting these smashes with his racket because yeah. he played ping pong really well. Uh, and he goes, there's only one thing through that, man. It's, uh, friends, friends and friends and a little bit of family. Right. All you need is love. Awesome. And, uh, and I got that, I got that from, Zach, Mubina, and others. Like, and 42 days in, I decided that, oh, you know, you get that bravado from being broken up with that you're like, "This enough time has passed that we can try to start being friends. <laughs> joke. It's a complete, utter joke. Um, it was the 2nd of January, and I called her in my head with 100 rationalizations. It was, it's a new year, she still loves me. I still love her, so how can she not? Uh, I'm just going to talk to her. I'm going to make this better. I call her. She doesn't pick up. One of her friends texts and tells me that, yo, she just got in. One of her friends who, from that group of friends that we were yeah, they, close with.
1: Yeah, that became close with you as well. Yeah, essentially.
2: Yeah. One of them texted me be like, yo. Uh, she just went on the group chat saying, I'm freaking out. Um, I can't believe he's trying to call me, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm thinking, okay, like, we could have just picked up. You don't have to freak out with your other friends. But whatever. Uh, one of her other friends was like, why don't you just call him back at some point? And she said, sure. We still have each other on social media, so I know what she's up to pretty much every day. And you obsessively look, right? When that early in the breakup, you do. Um, so next day, I'm talking to another friend, crying, <laughs> and mid conversation with her and um, She calls and um, so I I pick up, I start talking to her. Um, I don't know the exact conversation still, but I remember parts of it very, very succinctly. I ask her how school's going. She tells me to some extent. Uh, She asks me how work is going. I tell her too, to some extent. I don't tell her that I've resigned from my job. And uh, we'll be starting in in like nine days or whatever. Yeah. Um, She's like, okay, cool. And then we chat and I tell her like, at one point it gets to the point where I start to like honestly cry because I'm listening to her speak to me again. It's 42 days in, like it's it's a very (laughs) rough part. (laughs) Um, And I say like, hey, um, I feel like you leaving has left like a U-shaped hole in my heart. I know that's cheesy, but I, I got, I said that. And she said, well, that's not my fault.
1: She said that to you.
2: She, She said, it's not my fault and you need to figure it out. Okay. Which, um, which was soon before like the call ended. Um, and that essentially just broke me. Like that, those words, figure it out. Um, and I think to some extent today I have figured it out. And that was where I started my turnaround. I took Zach's advice to heart. I decided that uh, I was going to talk to friends, family, and loved ones as much as I could, just so I I felt the love. Because I was in a place where my self-esteem was at rock bottom. My confidence was rock bottom. Because the rejection that you get from heartbreak is honestly something that I don't think a lot of people are able to replicate in much else uh her birthday comes around I I get a message from her saying hey if you could find it I don't have the message in red. like yeah. changed phones twice since it was along the lines of like hey if you find it within your heart to like talk to me again I'd like that um uh um when do you finish work I I'm free from so and so time to so and so time I say I finish work at 5.30 or whatever I'll call you um and then and then I do call her um And on the phone, she kind of like tells me that it was the biggest mistake of her life on her birthday. Like she would do this on her birthday. Anyway, so I agree to seeing her, um, the following Wednesday, uh, I go meet her, um, at a Starbucks close to the university. Right. Um, you know, the one on University Of of King. Yeah. Of course. Uh, how many women have you picked up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so I I I I go meet up with her. We talk, and this is from people smarter than me that have told me is that that very first two or three days after you reconnect with an old flame is always going to be good because like a part of you still loves them. Yeah, you have spent forever apart, and you have so much to update them on. So it's not going to be easy we just chat there for hours in the dark um i tell her about like my exploits with dating
1: (laughs) this is reconnecting again right yeah essentially
2: uh she tells me about hers um she says that she you know never found anybody that was like worthwhile
1: so you, you guys both had uh did you guys date after that or i didn't
2: okay um we'll get to that yeah yeah um so we talk, and she's like, "You know, I found no chemistry with anyone for a long time." I was like, "Okay, yeah, cool." Um, we just spend the night essentially together, and it feels good. Right. Seems like you know the girl of my dreams, who is the girl of my dreams, um, is like telling me that she goofed up, and what do you do in love but forgive? Right. <laughs> so I essentially like we have a good time. I come to drop her off at her house. Um, and I say, hey, um, like we, we kept talking and somehow gets to the point where I ask her like, hey, did you like date anyone? Did you, um, and she said, yeah, I dated this other guy for about a month and a half starting in May until June 15th or something. I was like, okay, did you sleep with him? Was straight up the next question. None of my business, I know, but... I asked.
1: Guys want to know, man. It's, it is what it is, right?
2: I, I don't know that it's part of our gender norm per se, <laughs> but like, I, 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 uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't any of my right to ask what I did. No, that's true. That's fair. And, uh, she, she said that she had, and in that moment I could like write a hundred poems about, about like how my, like in that moment I felt like something I sincerely just like grabbed my heart from inside my chest and just like, I just removed it and I could like see it in front of me. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I personally (laughs) don't think that I've ever recovered from that particular moment in my life. Um, And it's not because I stake a claim to her in any way. I don't, it's not because she owes me anything. She doesn't, but it's because um it's just a, a a certain magnitude of hurt. It's just a certain magnitude of hurt that I'd never felt up until that point. Right. And I I think I reacted really calmly to it. Uh
1: as opposed to that uh, ordeal that had happened yeah. in her apartment. Okay.
2: Um and I I made my peace with her on that too, I think, where I I told her I'd apologized. Um, Like, I I did apologize and um, um, she kind of was like, yeah, I mean, the mistake was really mine for, you know, getting, letting go of you. Anyway, so uh, we... She said that to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Very early on then. In the second go around, very early on. Um, I go home and I can't fall asleep. I simply can't fall asleep. I did not sleep that entire night. I was in my bed tossing and turning Um, and I'm talking to her as if it's normal like I I don't let it on that I haven't slept all night right I've never actually ever talked to anybody about how I didn't sleep that night
1: (laughs) but you're tossing and turning and you can't sleep because
2: like in my head I just can't for because I'll explain it because in my head um, then and for long after and possibly sometimes even today I just can't imagine spending the rest of my life with someone that's not her and I've gotten better at the, uh, that's not her piece, where I just, like, I just don't see myself falling in love again kind of thing. But the the piece of, like, like for a long time it was still, like, I can't, like, see myself with anybody else. So how in the world could you? It was often a thought.
1: Right, because you were so deeply hurt over the fact that she had slept with this other guy.
2: Yeah, yeah sure. No. But more so than that, it was just, like, I just couldn't understand how, like what thought process goes through your head to be able to, you know, rationalize that I can move on now, you know? Right. This is time. This has been so-and-so amount of time and I can move on. Right. I was just never, I just never went through that myself. So I, I start, you know, uh, seeing her and for. So round two of the relationship then? Round two. Okay. Ding, ding, right? Uh, she starts catering to my interests. She mentioned something that I told her like a long time ago, which I used to believe a lot in 2014 <laughs> like, or before, was that um, you just do you and I'm going to do me was like how I approach life. And it's something that I told a lot of my friends is that this is how I approach my life. I listen to Kelly Swag and this is who I am. And, uh, and she mentioned that. She said, you know, I miss that about you. I don't think very many people approach life like that, where they're confident in themselves. And... When I mentioned that to another of my friends, he was like, uh, "Why, dude? Like, she knows to pain point you. She knows where to hit you in order for you to like melt again for her. And for better or for worse, probably for worse. Like in retrospect, it was for worse. I got back together with her.
1: Was there any like this conversation that kind of just uh, okay, we should try this again, or did it just kind of fall into place to start again?
2: Well, like I, at that very first conversation, I told her I still loved her. Yeah. Because okay. Yeah. That yeah. had never changed for me, um, and she said the same. But things were different now. She didn't tell any of her friends. She uh, she actively like painted a, a rough picture of me, and I kept seeing that. Like for me, it was to like her friends to her friends from okay. from your yeah <laughs> her 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 friends from the past who yeah. knew me yeah um, for whatever reason she wasn't okay with them knowing. That we were trying this again. For the second time, yeah. For the second okay. time. For me, I understand why she wouldn't. Like, because I know I had an awkward time telling my friends. I was like, yo, remember that girl that broke up with me and I used to write all that sad poetry shit about? Yeah, like, we're getting back together. That was a tough conversation with several of my friends, right? But I had it. Because when you give something a go, you don't half-ass it. Right. Um, and so I, I... I told my friends, and she I guess she never, like, for whatever reason, she just couldn't make peace with that, the fact that she should have done the same. Anyway, that put a huge stress on our relationship, I felt, like, because I was sneaking into her house. I was sneaking into anything. There was times when her friend would be like, yo. Like, I was hanging out with her, and she would get a call from her friend saying, like, yo, I can see your ex's car in the parking lot. Wow. And... She was like, oh, yeah, I see it too. Not, oh, yeah, he's here with me. We're watching The Office together. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Which was, like, heartbreak after heartbreak for me. Like, there was one time where I planned to see her for something. I came with my car and parked in the parking lot and waited for her to come downstairs. And she called me saying that, hey, uh, my friend so-and-so, just saw your car from from their house. Uh, You have to leave right now. I was like, what the hell? You know, like, where's the crime that I've committed at this point? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm just out here waiting for you. And now I have to drive away. So I drove away that night and I cried and called Nina again (laughs) and I cried and called Erica again or one of my several friends um, to be like, yo, this is what happened. That started to take its toll. I started to get more irritable because of things like that, and she started to get more irritated because uh, apparently I wasn't getting it. The fact I,
1: that she wanted to stay hidden, but you wanted to, you know.
2: I genuinely feel like she didn't have to commit. Do you know what I mean? The second time around, she didn't have to commit, which was her first. Her her problem with the first relationship we had was that. Um, That she committed too much. Right. She felt like we went too far being too young. And this time around, I was just some guy who was willing to come and hang out in the parking lot for hours in order to be able to do anything relationship-like with her. And she didn't necessarily have to commit. This was a convenience thing, perhaps. At least I view it that way. And feel free to call me and tell me no. (laughs) But, 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 you know. Um... And then, there were often stories of them going out to, like, with her friends who thought she was still single, and pushing her to, you know, talk to guys outside, and she kind of made it seem like, you know, I'm not doing this, but you should be thankful that I'm not doing this, and I was like, well, I don't want to be, like, sequestered like this. Anyway, that persisted for far too long again, and (laughs) I kind of got to the point where I wasn't having it. She got to the point where she just again started to do the same things she did like a few months prior, which was starting to pull away. And I kinda of knew at that point that it was gonna go south. I kept trying to say, like, yo, we'll make it work. Well I'm gonna try. I'm trying. I'm trying. I just need you to try. And it was so just excuse 8, after 80, excuse. 20 again. again. Right? It was excuse after excuse, lie after lie. And um it got to the point where I was going on vacation with my family. Um for ten days we were taking a road trip down in Dallas from here in Toronto. Uh, to date, the best decision I've ever awesome. made. Awesome. Uh, for <laughs> an Indian family in a raft we going through the American heartland. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Tennessee was a fun place. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, on the first two days of that road trip, I'm sending her pictures. I'm seeing she's not responding. And I kind of know. Because before I left, we had a conversation on the phone and she was just like, when you come back, we'll have a conversation but I don't want to like really talk to you right now. If that's not code for I'm dumping you when you're back, I don't know what is. And, uh, just at that, that night itself decided I was going to delete her on everything. Facebook. Okay.
1: And then round two, even now is done.
2: <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm off it. Like I know how this story goes. So I deleted her on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Instagram. uh, those are all of them, I think. <laughs> Everything, yeah. Um, sure. uh, within 24 hours, I get an email saying, um, I said that I was going to give you a chance when you came back, but I guess you're not interested in having any conversation with me, et etc." Et but uh, more so than anything else, it was her trying to paint herself in a better light than she necessarily should have been. Like, I was going to come back. She was going to break up with me, which was going to be a personal breakup. Literally nobody knew about us except for my friends. Um, and she was going to move on with her life. I just preempted that, played my card. And for whatever reason, she was upset. I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Moved on. But like, don't do this. Like, don't do this to another person where you end it with them, destroy them. <laughs> and then 10 weeks later, or not 10 weeks, but like, yeah, whatever, later, amount whatever X yeah. amount of time later, show up and like. Completely destroy them a second time. You don't need to do that. Just so you're correct, you know? And I started writing poetry about it from the get-go. Okay. And that kind of, like, led to its whole different thing. (laughs) So, so
1: before you get into poetry like uh, you're to this day you're still uh for lack of a better word like you're, you're hung up uh, hung up on her right so uh, from knowing yeah. knowing today that okay round one uh it was doomed to fail yeah okay no
2: round one was not doomed no no to fail. sorry
1: uh, round two was doomed round two to fail. was doomed to fail round one you knew like you know it, it just wasn't working out right and then that
2: that round uh, one was working out unless she like was working out until she got cold feet She got cold feet of us being so young in a relationship so serious. Right. That's where, that's where round one failed. So
1: what are you holding on to now? And what's stopping you from just being like, okay, look, here's all this data that I've collected uh, and these lessons that I've learned. Yeah. Now, I mean, I can learn and become a better human being based on this. And I can move forward with my life and create something new with somebody else, right? So, like, yeah, uh, what's what, holding what's me stopping? back? Yeah, honestly, holding, like, yeah.
2: I wish I knew the answer to that. I think, um, I think, when we started today talking, I I mentioned that, um, you learn something from everything, yeah, from each of these. I just don't know that my learning for this is done.
1: So you wrote poetry uh, during your heartbreak mm-hmm. and then um, like... It's...
2: So yeah, I start, my first poem I wrote about her after our breakup was the day after we broke up. Okay. I wrote like six poems that day. Um, I don't know why. I just thought about different things about her that I was um, just fixated on or just thought about that day that I decided to just put into words to kind of like alleviate my pain. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so I started to post it on Reddit um, and I got... Decent feedback on it, um, and it kind of like helped me shape becoming a better poet. Um, started doing that. These poetry, uh, these poems, they're based on uh, on what? Almost entirely her. On her, okay. Yeah, um, I have an Instagram page. Um, no, what's it called? The, uh, it's called craft.poet. Poet. Craft poet. Okay. Yeah. So at Craft dot poet, um, <laughs> I the the tagline is. 100% Ontario craft poetry. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, yeah. I, I feel like in a way I take all the pent up anger, sadness, angst, whatever you want to call it, and put it into a few words, post it somewhere, and that's my life. And awesome. I don't have to worry about it there.
1: Okay. Awesome. So like, it's, it's cool to see that you've taken something so painful Right? And, uh, such as heartbreak, and you've turned it around into self expression and uh you know just something beautiful right
2: yeah and it's it's i mean thank you for calling it that
1: absolutely, <laughs> um, absolutely. like these uh, these are i mean people are people do like it and people do and you know everyone has a different way of expressing themselves sure. and how they deal with heartbreak right and this yeah. is a very unique way of doing so like you've become a poet or so, uh so to say right yeah. out of in order to express your uh you express My struggle yourself, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah struggle yeah uh but i mean going back to craft. poet um there's two particular poems that, that stuck out to me. Great. Uh, I love that you
0: read that. <laughs>
1: one, uh, two of them. Okay. And uh, one particular, uh, uh, can I read it out? I would love for you to. So, in absolution, I have forgiven you, mm-hmm. but I have not forgotten the toll forgiving took on me. Mm-hmm. What I once felt was fire is now smoke drifting gently to the heavens. Uh, the title is R- Right for Absolution, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, so many people have s- struggled with forgiveness in their life. Uh, can you talk more about the profound pain of this toll of forgiveness that it mm-hmm. took on you? Uh, some synonymize forgiveness with ex- acceptance of pain mm-hmm. and past mistakes, and then try to use that as fuel to move on in their lives, right? Yeah. So like, are you, are you trying to make that your goal? Like, do you think there will be come a day when she will be completely eradicated from your thoughts? I I, I personally firmly believe that it truly takes that next love, yeah. right that finding the next person uh to fully forget about our past but to and to be able to focus our energy on being able to create something new with someone else so do you mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. that day or is that your goal when you do you want to forgive
2: my goal uh my goal is loose is that it, i just need to be at a place where i'm happy with my life because we go around asking each other things all the time like we when when we see a friend after a long time it's like hey how are you um what's new with you how's work how's how's, you know, if they're into any sports, like uh, how's your soccer team doing? You could ask that before you ask them, are you happy? Right. Because literally in my life, um, I I think there's been a handful of examples of times when people have asked me if I was happy. And I want, and I've kind of tried to be more mindful about this too, is like ask people before anything else, like, hey man, haven't seen you in a while. You happy? And that could be you know, a strange question to get asked first. You know, you start with how are you doing? What's life like? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. How's work? But <clears throat> why do we do any of it if we're not happy? So that's, I think, a change that's come about in my own life. And forgiveness for me was my first step towards being happy. Because the pain that she caused me, I don't think that she intended to cause me. Um, could she have gone about it differently? Possibly. There's different. There, there's definitely ways to have done it better, but I mean, she didn't cause this pain because she wanted to, but I mean, she caused this pain because she wanted to, but not because she necessarily intended to, and that's where the the beginning of forgiveness takes place, and that's I think it's healthy for me to try and forgive and move on because. You know, holding on to something forever will ruin me. and
1: Hurts you inside, right? Yeah. And It's just, it's poisonous for our, ourselves to just... It's hard
2: enough as is without having, like, without me being, like, particularly angry at certain instances of things that happened. I'm not angry at those things. I, I know that they happened. I can recollect them if need be, but I, I don't think that they give me any consternation today.
1: No, that's, that's beautiful. And, uh, the second poem that's that got to me actually, sure. uh, which I feel like, uh, see, see, some of your poems, they seem to have, uh, answers that you need, maybe a uh-huh. friend, you know, like, uh, we, that we go to our friends to get yeah. or something, right? Sure. That I feel like you're writing about yourself in the sense that, uh, the answers are deep within you and you're tr- kind of unlocking a uh, different rooms in your mind. Yeah. Right. And this poem is called, uh, Neverland. Okay. Right? Uh, I'll read it out again. Uh, The boy you loved was tender, Mm -hmm. leaked tears at thoughts of your hurt, Mm -hmm. conjured words from your face, and he called you poetry. He calls you it still. Mm -hmm. But he is no longer the boy you loved. He is the boy you lost, and lost boys live in wondrous places afar, never to return. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So... So what I took from this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. uh, speaks to me about self-awareness and recovery in the sense that you're recognizing that she is the one that has lost you. Mm -hmm. Uh, you You're aware of the true love and affection that you had brought to her table, Mm -hmm. but she's choosing to let go and not be aware of how valuable of a person she is losing in her life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that eventually this is on her. Uh, So then if you seem to be aware of your own value and understand that this person is still choosing to let go, Mm -hmm. why not just continue on fighting the good fight with love and move on and have faith that another angel will fall from your heaven in your life with (laughs) whom you can build something far greater.
2: Right. No, I mean, I hear that. And believe me, I wouldn't like for anything more than that to happen. You know what I mean? Like that would be the ideal state solution. That would be where equilibrium happens. I think with love, as it is with many other things in life, uh, mindset isn't everything. Um, Interesting. We grew up in a time where, you know, people like Kobe Bryant can say, yeah, it's all about that mamba mentality. And you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, Kobe, that's what made you really good. No, that's not. it's not mamba mentality that makes us good. It's often several different things combining in the right kind of ways in order to set up a, a, a system of success that some people are fortunate enough to step on and become Kobe Bryant. Um, for every Kobe Bryant, there's a hundred other kids with mama mentality that didn't make it to the NBA. And that's how I think we should approach love. Um, my, mem- my mentality, my, my approach to how I start to look at it isn't necessarily... Going to be the answer to me finding this angel that's going to drop, like you said, <laughs> uh, into my lap suddenly and be like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but um, I think in me being honest with myself and me being authentic and me knowing that no matter what happens, like I'm never going to apologize for being myself is the right combination of things or is the right attitude to have for the right combinations of things to fall into place. And that's the, that's the outlook, I choose to espouse, uh, because I could spend the next ten weeks in trying to like build out this Mamba mentality within myself, so to speak, and I'll never be Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant right, way. right. Because but do you that's think not you who I'm supposed Kind of yourself
1: to lose the race before it's even started.
2: It's not about losing the race, man. There's no race. Like love is not a race. Love's a love's a love's a, a, a confluence of probabilities. And you have to be open to it at any point in time. Like, I could meet her tomorrow on the GO train. I could meet her six years from now at uh, one of the homeless shelters I volunteer at. I could meet her 30 years from now when I'm on my deathbed. It's a confluence of probabilities. You're never going to know when it happens, but it will happen at some point, most likely. Perhaps it's happened already. I don't know. And I won't know until it's all said and done. And I... Is it all said and done in your head, though? It's not, though. It's it's never said and done until the very
1: end. Well, with her, at least. Do you you think you have got your complete
2: answer? I I don't know her anymore. Okay. Like, I I just don't know her anymore. Okay. I haven't known her for a very significant amount of time. Right. I don't know what she's like anymore. I... Um, if I saw her on a train, there's a good chance I don't even recognize her anymore. That's how I would approach it. Like, have I gotten my complete answer? I don't think I've gotten my complete answer with anybody in life. I haven't gotten my complete answer with you. I haven't gotten my complete answer with anybody sitting in this room right now. I haven't gotten my answer with anybody anywhere. You never have your complete answer until the very end. Until that last breath you take ends, Like, you you haven't gotten your complete answer.
1: The only thing certain at that time is death. Then that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: That's it. That's absolutely it. Death, taxes, and the fact that my football club sucks. <laughs> but that's about it.
1: <laughs> wow, well, that's powerful, man. Uh, yeah, like that. See, that's what I mean with the complete answer. It's uh, like say in my in my uh, any of my experiences, the way I live life is to get some sort of a conclusion, or actually a conclusion on experiences. Right, that we've uh, tried and failed, yeah. That's done, yeah. we try and fail, something try and succeed, try to succeed something yeah, else, elsewhere, yeah. And we might fail, or might not, right? Yeah, I hear that. And uh, you know, in multiple experiences uh, of the same thing for that matter, because mm. you know that relates to your story, that you've gotten two chances, I guess, at love yeah. with this girl, <laughs> sure, yeah, with just with this girl. That um, you know, circumstances, evidence shows that okay, Irene
2: move on. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. That this is, I uh, think this is done. Yeah. Uh, you've, uh, beaten a horse as much as you can, <laughs> but it's done now. The horse is
2: dead. Yeah. Right. You can take right. a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Right. Right. And if that's like where life is going to be, then that's where life's going to be. But complete answers to me are just not something that I can choose to accept. Like I, I, and this might be like a base difference in your understanding of life and mine. And that's fine. It's why we have the freedom of speech and expression. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, I genuinely believe that I'm not out here in life trying to look for complete answers. Like, I I don't have a set goal in mind in my professional life. I don't have a set goal in mind in my personal life. I don't have a set goal in mind in my romantic life. I don't have a set goal in mind where, you know, where do you want to be in 20 years romantically? Bus I don't know. Like, I, I have no idea that I do know. Like, the construct of... Of weddings to me is, 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 is is it flies in the face of that because yeah, I want to get married. Okay. But like, do you know what's going to come after? No chance, but I'm going to take the risk. But that's it. Like there's no goal for a wedding. What's the goal for a wedding? You're going to get married. Okay, great. That's your goal. What happens after? There's no, there's no, there's nothing there. Right. There's no literature on that. Some people choose to have kids. Maybe that's the next goal. Some people choose to buy a house. That's the next goal. Some people choose to not have kids, not have, not buy a house, just do whatever the hell they're doing at the time that they're that they get married. That could be fine too. We don't lead our lives. We shouldn't rather lead our lives with goals in mind necessarily. We should lead our lives being open to the possibilities. And I will forever be open to any possibility.
1: Right. But then some people might say, well, it's like being a rudderless ship and just kind of waving, uh, just kind of floating along with where the waves or the wind takes you, right?
2: Most of the world was discovered because they got lost. A ship with a rudder didn't discover the United States. A ship with a rudder didn't land <laughs> Columbus wasn't even supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. He was trying to find India or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And Eric the Red, who was, a, uh, who was a Viking that had discovered Canada. Do you think he was on a mission to discover Canada? I doubt it.
1: Awesome. Well, I mean, I I can't thank you know for stopping by, and uh, wanting to share your story, and you know,
2: am I gonna get a room at Heartbreak Hotel? Uh, like, how's this gonna? Oh go yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you are welcome anytime. Can I get uh, the the honeymoon suite? Absolutely. We <laughs> will one. we will look at the executive <laughs> packages for you, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely um, make your stay as comfortable as possible. But thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your story, and I really hope for you know uh, anybody listening that they can relate make their own conclusions and uh you know just deal with uh the lessons that you have that you've brought to the table today
2: thank you so much right. Sid. like i i i'm glad i was able to come in here today and and look at your beautiful hotel I, <laughs> thank and you enjoy it. i hope you like it <laughs> i love it thank you i'm glad you're doing this <laughs>